Hi, I'm Angela, and welcome to the Mood Board Podcast. Uh, This week, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I had plans to bring um, the founder and CEO, Gene Brownhill, from Sweden on uh, earlier in the week. And unfortunately, due to what happened on the Capitol on Wednesday, our plans got canceled. And honestly, I had another podcast I thought about doing just talking about more interior design and business as usual, um, to me, that just didn't feel right and didn't really make sense. I mean, the point of the Mood Board podcast is talk is to truly talk about race, culture, and the intersection with interior design. So I decided I was going to do something a little bit different this week, a little bit unscripted. I asked people to send in some questions for me, um, just that maybe you guys have wanted to know. I will be honest, I far enjoy being the interviewer than being just me talking uh, for a good amount of time, but I know it's long overdue. People have asked me to do it several times and have been like, no, 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 it's not the point. Um, But I felt like this week I could do something a little bit different based on the events that happened in the United States on Wednesday when there was a terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol. One of the things I want to talk about, too, is that I think a lot of people feel like when interior designers... um, you know, I saw this on Orlando Surya's Instagram page. People were really telling him, you know, to stay in your lane when he was talking about uh, politics and that that's not what interior design is about. And I think there is absolutely that thinking that interior design is escapism. We're in a nice little bubble. We don't address the outside world. We talk about pretty things, how to make a space beautiful. But I hope for many of you who have listened to the Mood Board podcast and listened to quite a few episodes, you will find that so many people use interior design to help them cope through anxiety and stress and fear. They use interior design to fight hate through different pledges and sponsorships. They use their collections and a part of their um, a part of their profits go towards something to fund for change. And so I want to remind people we are much more than just a micro, a microphone for just pretty things. So on that note, I kind of wanted to move to some questions that people sent me um, that I really appreciate people just sharing on Instagram. And so I'm going to respond to a few of them um, just on, I realized again, I've never done a podcast on myself. So just some questions that people have asked and me, gonna, I'm going to share. So one of the question was, uh, one of the first questions I got was, you know, why did you start the Mood Board podcast? And there are really two reasons. The first one is I got in a horrific car accident um, at this point almost three years ago, and I am unfortunately still recovering from it, but um, that is a whole other story for another day. But one of the things I really thought about for 2020, like so many other people, was It's going to be a new decade, and I want to have a new approach to my treatment plan. And I wanted to think about what was a way that I could connect with people. Um, My health wasn't going to let me do what I used to do, business as usual, but what was going to be a way that I could connect um, with people in, in in a different way. And podcasts had been something prior to my accident that I had listened to a lot And I really connected with people's stories. And I knew for myself, I would love to do a podcast just talking about interior design. But, 
really coming at it from a different angle. I definitely wanted to talk about the race component in interior design that I think too often gets overlooked of why there are so few of this, why are there so many of that, why does this interior that looks the same 20 times over keep getting mass produced versus others? Um, and that was something I really wanted to address in my podcast. Um, the second thing that was really important to me that I didn't want to ignore was that I had started a group called 28 Black Tastemakers. Um, this year will be five years. And I had heard the constant complaint from people over and over again you know, why was I doing a 28 Black Tastemakers list just in February? Black History Month, you know, I understand the celebration, but Black Pride, Black Celebration is more than just one month. We're 365 days. And then another pushback that I knew I wanted to find a way to address was, why aren't we talking about these same questions with white people? Why aren't we talking about these stories with other tastemakers? Why does it feel like we have to be the ones to constantly talk about the race issue that exists in interior design? And so for me, the podcast just made sense. There's lots of people that I've had the pleasure of working with in the industry who we've talked about these things privately. Um, And I knew that a lot of people would be interested in really sharing their perspectives on interior design and talking about it a little bit differently than just what's trend forecasting things like that, which naturally pay the bills and we love talking about and are interesting, um, but we're still kind of ignoring the elephant in the room about some of the other inequalities that exist in the interior design industry. So those were the two big reasons why I started this podcast. When it comes to finishing a room, most people forget about the styling even when people buy the whole room setting from the showroom. You guys remember that? Showrooms, ugh, those were the good old days. You'd often come home, set it all up, and then ask yourself, why doesn't it look as good as it did in the store? Well, the secret is because it hasn't been styled. But don't worry, I've got you covered. Check out my Skillshare class, The Art of Styling Your Room, How to Create a Mood Board. And in less than 15 minutes, you will have all the tools you need to begin to design your dream space. Sign up for Skillshare.com and I will post your work on my Instagram feed. So another question that I get asked is, what is 28 Black Tastemakers? So this is a list that I started, um, this year will be five years, where I really wanted to focus on 28 Black creatives And it started at the idea around Black History Month. So one person would be highlighted each day. And these are just people that I think are in the industry and who are killing it. Um, Initially, I wanted to just start with just interior designers. But honestly, as much as I've been in interior design, I find that if you're really working in the industry, you are working with TV, you are working in tech, you are working in music, you are working in so many other parts to tell the story. Um, and I've engaged with so many people in those different arenas that I definitely wanted to make sure that they're all highlighted. And this list is also something that I did um, that focuses on people here in the US as well as abroad that really I think are Either you know about them or you should know about them, um, but I think they're doing some really interesting things in their own 
arena that I think is important to highlight. And I also created that list, um, frankly, because I felt like these people weren't being acknowledged enough. I think there is um, a lot of work in the industry that's happening now that needs to continue to happen, that the people on this list uh, have been killing it for a long time and want to continue to grow. Um, but I've always wanted to make 28 Tastemakers so much bigger than that, which is why a lot of the people on this list I've tried to collaborate with on different business opportunities, tried to give other press opportunities. There are different things that people we just call and talk to each other and say, I'm stuck. It's meant to be a way of networking and really building a community where we can start working together because a lot of people, if you've been in this industry for 15 years, like I have, you will find it's very difficult to find who is the right person to reach out to, to get you to the next level. And so this is a really great way of just kind of reaching out um, between different people to kind of help you get to where you want to go. Next question I got was, how do you think interior design is changing due to COVID? I'll be honest, I feel like it's changing a lot. Um, one of the things I feel like has been a little bit heartbreaking and the thing that I don't love about interior design is that we do absolutely have to take COVID into um, consideration now with our new design projects. And it's something that I, I get worried about. Are these going to become permanent? Some of the things I have right now, I, I have some clients who are first respond, responders. And so I'm having to think about different ways in the design process of where can people get really everything off before they come into their home due to just exposure and, and, and minimizing those things. And how do we make it pretty, but also it needs to be extremely functional due to their day-to-day -day job and what they experience. I think too, even recently, um, you know, I, I was approached about a commercial project and I realized how differently I had to think about the project from what I would have done when I was doing store design years ago. There are so many things now about what would be the capacity of people we could actually fit. How could I safely put social distancing? How can people purchase vintage items or records or books without actually the touch and that tactile feel? Um, to potentially spread things. And so I think for interior design, um, one of the reasons I've, I've been really having fun reaching out to uh, interior design students at Howard University is I'm really interested to see how the next generation of designers are going to be taking on these types of new challenges. And it's been good for me, even just in the fall semester, listening and being a part of some of those critiques to kind of go, hmm, I never thought about that. Oh, you know, you're actually challenging me to think about why does that footprint need to look like that at all? And so I do think it's definitely going to be a work in progress and it's challenging. Okay, one of the last questions I got was, what is the weirdest design project you've been hired for? Um, so I was trying to think about this. I find like a lot of weird projects I probably won't take. So <laughs> I want to talk about probably one of the weirdest design consultations I've had. I think as interior designers, we do a lot of them. We've done a lot of them. And typically you want to go on the ones that feel like a right fit. If not, you just go this, I can recommend somebody else, but it's not probably for me. Um, and so I remember one of these ones that I did 
This is definitely years ago. Um, but it was the strangest design consultation in that a wife wanted to hire me as a ghost interior designer. So she wanted her husband to think that she was designing each room. Um, but she also did not want him to know that she was hiring someone to come up with the look of each room and that she would be secretly paying me out of another bank account. Um, and there were just so many red flags about this project that I just said, you know, I'll write your proposal and then just did not go with this person. But I thought it was probably one of the weirder ones because I was unsure how I would ever get to photograph these things for my portfolio or um, what would happen if her husband came home and did see I was there. I just felt like it was like a lot of potential nonsense that I could absolutely avoid. So I did not go down that road. So there's no interior design game today, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is what can we do at home to prepare ourselves to be more courageous when we go outside? You know, how do we speak truth to hate? So I came up with some inspiration around some techniques that I like to do. I know other people that I've worked with share these techniques, um, and I wanted to kind of talk about them. So one of the first things is really meditation, finding space in your home carving it out. And I tell you guys, even if it's in the laundry room, take 10 more extra minutes and sit down there and just find some time for yourself to go inside, become present, blocking out the to-do list. For me, it's blocking out a lot of chronic pain and just focusing in and then starting your day. It's a huge help. Another area that I know I am still new to, but many of you out there love and are obsessed with, and I'm trying to get into it, is adding more plants to your space. I am happy to note I have several plants from Bloomscape this summer. Four out of six are still alive, so I may be closer to naming them at this point because I think I might actually keep them for a full year. Um... But plants, I think, are really important, not only just because for me, I think aesthetically they make a space look better, but again, the connection between us and them, air, watering them, they're much better for our health. And so I think it's something just to consider. Another area that I really wanted to touch on is really finding art. And I think finding art is one thing. I think another is really even having the opportunity to create art in your home picking up a pencil, sketching a little bit, taking some extra paint cans, giving yourself the opportunity to create for just the sake of it. These are not something that's going to be a before and after on Instagram. If that challenge makes you feel good, do it. But if it causes too much anxiety of perfectionism, just do it for yourself. I think it's a great meditative process just to get the creative juices flowing. Another really th good thing that I think doesn't cost a dime and that I love doing over and over and over again and that um, even Abigail and I talked about from Casa Marcelo in our last podcast is really just rearranging your space. Something I find just a very therapeutic process of just rethinking the footprint. Is this the best way it could look? Try it out, sit with it, maybe move things around. It may drive your family crazy who lives with you because they never quite know is this its permanent home, but it is a good way of self-expression and keeping you going. Another thing that I think is super important is always finding time to get exercise. 
And I think in general, for me, it's mostly low impact in yoga, but finding that time to carve out for yourself to get some health and wellness is is important for us to keep going, especially in a time of quarantine. Um, finding those opportunities to just get some lung in our ears, going out and getting a walk if it's possible, I think is extremely important. And then the last thing that I think is um, something I wanted to think about is just journaling. Perhaps journaling not just your to-do list or where you are, but journaling about what you want to see. What is the world you want to live in? And what little things do you think you could do to make that change? What is something, one thing you could do to make some change towards that better world? I think journaling, journaling is very powerful in the long run. The more you do it, the more you can start to see some of the things that you've been daydreaming about become a reality. So I want to thank everyone who's listened to this, the Mood Board podcast. I will be honest, I will not be doing this anytime soon. I do not enjoy talking this much at all about myself or anything like this. I, I Again, I enjoy being the interviewer. So I want to thank you guys for listening, subscribing. Please continue to share with your friend and family. We are on season four now. There's plenty of guests coming on, people that I'm excited to talk about different topics that we're going to get into all relating to interior design. So definitely come back. All right. Bye-bye.